Hello ladies and gentlemen, it is with deep sorrow that I, you know, I must make the confession that our, our video did not record today and that is no fault of our own, um, but nevertheless we did get the audio recorded, but I just wanted to make this known that as you are viewing today, it's going to be more of a listening, but I, I, I encourage you to incline your ears to hear what the Spirit of God has to say and let Him speak to you and let Him minister to you. Let the words that flow from my mouth be the words that you hear God through my voice. So again, thank you for tuning in for this series as we will uh, dive into a new series or a, uh, something following suit with this at the Resurrection Sunday. And again, I thank you for those that have tuned in, those that have been diligent in, in their listening, those that have been diligent in their sharing. But I look forward to what God's going to do in your life and what He's just continuously doing. Be blessed. We love you. And God bless you. So I want to, I want to be obedient and I want to move on into this next part here. You know, and I know that it's been a lot of information. I know that it's been <clears throat> a lot of detail, and I know that it's been a, a lot of knowledge that's been placed out there, not by me, but by the Holy Spirit. And there's been a lot, a lot, a lot of things that the Lord has wanted to do through this Word. And I know that this Word has reached out to many that may have viewed this on YouTube or those that may have listened to this through my podcast. But the Lord wants to speak a Word again here today that He wants to bring some more knowledge. And, and, I, and I just encourage those that, that, um, that may want our notes or may want my notes or the handouts that that we have for this series uh, reach out to me and and let me know because it's just uh, honestly it's just an email away or it's just a print away we've got books that we can put them into and 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 they've been placed in these booklets for a reason and it's to to help you to feed yourself you know when we get books from school well then what are they doing they are issued to you you know they become your books to use and to refer back to often so that we can become what so that we can pass the test when the test comes or when the quiz comes so that's just the reality is that there's a continuous test in our life and that we're going to be tested in these areas but too often times we are trying to take a test with a closed book and this book has given us everything that we need and God has allowed us to have an open book when we take the test but how are we going to ever pass it if we're not opening his word and I know that that's profound and I know that that's a hashtag tough truth but ladies and gentlemen that's just that's what it is you know if it's good for me then it must be good for you as well because I've been been in a process, you know, it's just like Paul said, it's not as though I have arrived or that I have obtained, but it's that I'm pressing into God. I'm continuously pressing into Him. So I'm, I'm saying to you, just like the Apostle Paul spoke to the church, he said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. I'm only asking you to follow the examples that I'm setting before you because I'm following the examples of God. 
So I want to, without further delay, I just want to just go right into our lesson, our message, our devotion, or how, again, however it is that you may want to view it. And today's final lesson, today's final part of this series is called The Fear of the Lord. And for some people that may sound like an oxymoron as in why should I be scared of God because God is so loving. But the, the, the hope and the prayer of this is that you will grasp, that you will reach out and that you will grasp some of these things that's being spoken here today. So I want to go on to what we have talked about in our next slide as in what has been the 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 foundation or or what has been a key that we have spoken about so many times and a key is next slide baby well i guess i, I do apologize um go to our next slide and then we'll come back to our verse so a key is something that we associate what power authority foundational primary fundamental primary and priority it's the it's a beginning it's it's the the first of something so as we've talked about you know that we've spoke about in foundations 101 102 and 103 we talked about the foundations or the fundamentals of the teachings that Christ had taught us and how we need to get back to the basics of things that we can't multiply and we can't divide and we can't do geometry and algebra unless we begin to know these fundamentals we can never spell a word or nor can we ever write a sentence if we don't know our ABC's correct and these 26 individual letters transform everything else that we do because without the ABC's then they would have never made up these words here so so we got to understand and we got to realize that we've got to we've got to be placing these foundational teachings uh, in our life a key is something we use to unlock doors a next level and, a and fulfill a purpose driven life we've spoke about it we've spoken about it if I give you a key to my house I give you a key to my car what does that do it gives you power it gives you authority it gives you permission so throughout this series that I've been passing out keys I've been passing out keys not real keys but I've been passing out keys to the Word of God that can help you to go through your life to to go through the situations that we have to face and and so so i would encourage you to go back to your handouts to go back to these things and uh, and just allow those things to become real in your life you know they they're only going to be as real as you allow them to be so we're going to go back to our scripture in isaiah chapter 33 verse 6 and this has been the foundation of our passage throughout this whole series but honestly today it is it is our scripture for today so you've been seeing it for the past seven weeks for a reason i've been speaking it so much for a reason because just like i said at the very beginning this is the part that i've just been waiting to get to because this has been the part of my life that has transformed me the most this has been the part that has transformed me to who I am in Christ right now the most of anything else. But every single one of those things 
has led to this. So in Isaiah chapter 33, verse 6, it said, In that day, He will be your sure foundation. And we've spoken about a foundation as being a rock, right? It's being something that you build upon. Because we can't build a house unless we have a what? A foundation. And that's the truth. I mean, you just go, you go to an engineer and you ask an engineer, can I build a house without a foundation? And the question is, is yes. Now, the next question that you have to ask is, how solid of what I build is going to be? Is it going to be solid? Is, is it going to be everything that it needs to be if I don't have a foundation? The answer to that question is going to be no. We can build our lives without building upon Jesus Christ. But the thing is, is Jesus spoke about this in Matthew chapter 7. He said that, he said those that build their house on the sand, it's going to fall. It's going to fail. But he said those that build their house on the rock, it's going to prevail. It's going to prevail. We spoke last week about revealed knowledge, revelation knowledge, being this rock. Peter, Peter being a piece of the rock. That, 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 that God's revealed knowledge that His kingdom was going to be built on was going to be based off of. So, so now let's pick back up in this, in this scripture here. And it says, In that day He will be your sure foundation, providing a rich store, I like to say storehouse, a rich store of salvation, wisdom, and knowledge. The fear of the Lord will be your treasure so what are the three things that god has within this storehouse label them with me they're underlined salvation wisdom and knowledge so the very first thing that i want to speak about is salvation this is the very this is the very first thing that's been promised to us that's within this storehouse that God has for us. So so when we begin to look at the Hebrew word salvation, when we look at the Hebrew word for salvation, salvation, the Hebrew naming meaning is does anybody want to take a gander? Yes, uh yes. Oh. Okay. It is Yeshua. So it's a feminine noun that means salvation, deliverance, help, victory, and prosperity. The primary meaning is to rescue from distress or danger. So if we begin to look at this word that means salvation, it is Yeshua. Now, what was Jesus' Hebrew name? Is this such a coincidence that this is one of the things that's in the storehouse? That's just one of those things you can't make up. Because how did the prophet Isaiah know thousands of years beforehand that his name was going to be Yeshua? But he said that, that this was one of the things that is in the storehouse. So, ladies and gentlemen, the very first thing that we have in the storehouse is salvation and and i did not hit my preach button here so uh, y'all got lucky I'm gonna, I'm gonna be nice today and and i'm gonna not put as much time on there since i've already started so as we stop for a moment and we look at this hebrew word we are correct in seeing that the name for salvation is the name 
the name of Jesus, the name that Jesus' name derives from. So as we view this word or this name as what it is, then we can see that Yeshua is our deliverance. He is our help and He is the only one he is the only one uh, able to rescue us from the penalty of sin. The act of sin that separates us from God. If we've stopped, I don't know why. So anyways, I, I'm, I'm sorry for even those that may be viewing this. I will not re-record this, so you will have to bear with me on that. But as we get back that, that the name of Yeshua is the very name of salvation. It is the Hebrew word for salvation. And in John chapter 3, verse 17, it says this in the Amplified Version. So I'm, I'm, I'm going I'm to give you two different versions uh, the first one being the Amplified, and it says this, For God did not send His Son into the world in order to judge, to reject, or to condemn, or to pass the sentence on the world, but the world might find salvation and may be safe and sound through Him. So Jesus Christ is the salvation that we need. It is the salvation that is found within this storehouse. But the only thing that's going to produce this salvation is what? The fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord. So, so what does that tell us there? That the fear of the Lord is a prerequisite of getting saved. It is a prerequisite. Does everybody know what a prerequisite is? It's something that, that must be present. It's something that must be done. Like we, we got to have prerequisites before we can move on to our major in college. So there's classes that we have to take before we can move on to other things. So before we can move on to other things, before we can actually be saved, before we can actually call Him our Savior, before we can call Him our Lord, is that we must have the fear of the Lord with inside of our lives. And the fear of the Lord is something that is evident. It's not something that's spoken about. The fear of the Lord can be seen. And we'll see that as we get along down in Scripture and into the rest of this message. John chapter 13 verse 17 in the TPT, which is the Passion Translation, says this. God did not send His Son into the world to judge and condemn the world, but, it, but to be its Savior and rescue Him. So we see that the same word for salvation is the same word as Savior. That's where the word Savior has derived from as well. It's where Jesus' name has derived from. And I'm, some of you have heard me say it, some of you haven't, but I'll continue to say this because Jesus is everyone's Savior. Why is that? Because He died for everyone. So that makes Him everyone's Savior because He did it for us. Here becomes the reality in, 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 in Romans chapter, chapter 9. It says that, if we confess Him as Lord. We're not confessing Him as Savior because He's already everyone's Savior. When we confess Him as Lord, when we begin to think about what a Lord is, a Lord, when you translate it, it means one's master, one that you pay homage to, one that you bow a knee to. So when we confess Him as Lord, it's no longer about what I want to do, it's about what you want, Lord. It's about what you want. So, so we go back that, 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 that salvation or that the fear of the Lord is a prerequisite before we can get saved. Must be. And, and I want to give you a definition 
of what the fear of the Lord is. But, but we're going to save that to the end because everything that we're speaking about, the questions that the Lord has asked you this morning, that, that this message is going to sit on top of those questions that, that the Lord has already been, that He spoke to you in reference to the things that He's already been speaking to your heart. Because each one of us, the Lord's been speaking something to us. So salvation, saved, and Savior, these, word, these three words are related. Salvation is a noun, save is a verb, and Savior is also a noun, is a person who saves. So I, I want to get on to this in Philippians chapter 2. And, and I know that I'm, I'm going through some of this rather quickly, but... But the Lord spoke to me because there was so much, there was just so much that I wanted to bring out in reference to the fear of the Lord. But the good note to that is that we will start a series on the fear of the Lord. So what I wanted to do was to give you a, how would we say it, a, a sneak peek or a preview. I wanted to give you a preview today. So the Lord has spoke to me today and He said, these are the only three things that I want you to talk about that produces, that is produced by the fear of the Lord. So in Philippians chapter 2, verses 12, I'll be reading this out of the Amplified Bible. And it says, therefore, my dear ones. So let's just stop for a second before you keep reading. Who do you think is my dear ones that He is speaking to? So if He was, if he was speaking to the church of Philippi, then He was speaking to what? He was speaking to believers. He was speaking to people or like ourselves that we quote unquote call ourselves Christians or Christ-like or little Christ or Christ followers. This was who he was speaking to. He says, so therefore, my dear ones, as you have always obeyed my suggestions, so now not only with the emphasis you would show in my presence, but much more because I am absent. Work out, which means to cultivate, carry out to the goal, and fully complete your own salvation with reverence and awe and trembling, which is self-distrust with serious caution, tenderness of conscience, watchfulness against temptation, timidly shrinking from whatever might offend God and discredit the name of Christ. So we, we saw that Paul was speaking here. So when we put it in a translation that some of us have read or maybe some of us has heard, he said, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. And this is why I wanted to go to the Amplify Bible, because it will begin to break down these words and what fear means and what salvation means. And, and, and ladies and gentlemen, I'm just going to be real here with you that that there is a way that, that we go back to when we spoke about it in our series called Perfect Love. Did we remember the young rich ruler and he came to Jesus Christ and he said, what, what must I do to inherit eternal life? So we've got to look at the reality of this is that there's a part that we have to play into this. Christ has already done everything that he needs to do because when he hung up the cross, when he hung on the cross and he gave up the ghost, what did he say? He said, it is finished. Everything that needed to be done was done right then and there. Everything must go through the cross. So Paul spoke here that there's a part that we have to play in this as well. Just as Jesus has spoke to the young rich ruler and, and said that what must I do to be saved? Paul said that our part that we must do here is that we must tremble at his word. 
we must tremble at his word that we must work out our salvation with fear and trembling so as we continue to hear i want you to grasp all these parts that's coming up so uh, i've got a select portion of scripture that i want to continue to read in here as well in genesis chapter 2 we'll begin to uh through this story it, I, I told you we went and saw his only son last night and i didn't even know said so we're going to be talking about abraham but before you read and i still need your attention here is that is that through this word through this story that we're going to see what trembling in fear and trembling at god's word means here so follow with me on in genesis chapter 22 verses 2 through 12 he said take your son your only son yes isaac whom you love so much and go to the land of moriah go and sacrifice him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains which i will show you the next morning abraham got up early he saddled his donkey and he took two of his servants with him along with his son isaac then he chopped wood for a fire for a burnt offering and set out for the place God had told him about. Verse 4. On the third day, everybody say on the third day, third day. of their journey, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. Stay here with the donkey, Abraham told the servant. The boy and I will travel a little farther. We will worship there. Now, now let's just stop for a minute. Did the Lord tell them to go worship? He told him to go do what? to go sacrifice his son so so abraham here is therefore telling him, he said we're going to go worship so so now let's go back now if we're real we'll look here and say this was the first place that worship was ever mentioned in the bible so what does that tell me this is a primary definition this is a key this is a key word so in primary what is the word worship means is i'm going to we're going to go there and we're going to go obey what god has spoken so as we got to our song this morning to worship you i live to worship you i live to worship you i live our worship to obey you is our life that is our life is to obey you we can't get mixed up that worship is a song worship is never a song it's what we've made into worship worship is a lifestyle it's how we live our obedience how we live before God is our worship before God. So he said, stay here. Stay here with the donkey. Abraham told the servants, the boy and I will travel a little farther. We will worship there and then we will come right back. Now, is Abraham delusional here? Because he already knows that God told him to sacrifice his son, correct? But then he said he spoke by faith. He said that we are going to return. So if we begin to look at this, now let's just stop for, for just a moment. And let's think about this. If we go back to the origin or the origin of the story is that Abraham waited for 25 years. 25 years God promised him a son. 25 years. That seems like a long time to wait when God has told you he was going to do something, right? And during Abraham's walk, he did waver at that promise. He got off of the path, but God called him right back to that path, just like he's calling each and every one of us. I mean, you may have, you may have ventured off, but I'm calling you to come back to the path because there's something that I have for you. And the promise that God gave Abraham, he said that you will be, because he, he changed his name from Abram, to Abraham and Abraham mean the father of nations 
He would be the father of many nations. He would give them a vision and he took them out and he showed them the stars in the sky and the sand on the shore. And he said, this will be the number of your descendants. It would be innumerable. And we look back that today, here we are, is that we called him Father Abraham for a reason because he was one of the first ones that would walk in obedience, that he would walk by faith because if we're just really real here, Abraham came from a pagan nation and he worshipped pagan gods. But God called him out. He separated from then. He, he moved him from where he was to a land that was desolate, that was dry, and didn't hardly have anything there. But God said, I'm going to give you a son, and through your son, this will be where the many nations start. So God gave him a promise for 25 years for a son, and then God's asking him to go sacrifice him. And then Abraham speaking, he said, well, me and the young fellow, or me and my son, we're going to be back, so let, now let's just stop for just a minute. Isaac wasn't no little boy when God told him this. Isaac was already in his teenage years, so for 25 years, God promised him a son, and then around the age of 13, 14, 15, 16, somewhere in that time frame, we're talking about 40 years, now God's saying, give him back to me? Give, sacrifice him to me? Let's continue on here. It's verse 6. So Abraham placed the wood for the burnt offering on Isaac's shoulders while he carried himself the fire and the knife. As the two of them walked on together, Isaac turned to his father and he said, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied, we have the fire and we have the wood, the boy said, but where is the sheep for the burnt offering? Verse number eight, God will provide a sheep for the burnt offering, my son. Abraham answered, and they both walked on together. When they arrived at the place where God had told him to go, Abraham built an altar and arranged the wood on it. Then he tied his son, Isaac, and laid him on top of the altar, or on top of the wood, and Abraham picked up his knife to kill his son as a sacrifice. At that moment, the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, yes, Abraham replied, here I am. Verse 12. Don't lay your hand on the boy, the angel said. Do not hurt him in any way, for now I know that you truly fear God. You have not withheld anything from me, even your son, your only son. Now let's stop real fast. How many of us would be willing to sacrifice our son. Now let's put this in a spiritual perspective. How many of us would be able to sacrifice the very thing that God has given us? The promise, the promise that He's given us. Would we be willing to say, Lord, you are more important than your promise? If we look at the children of Israel, they were willing to take the promised land without the promiser because they thought more of the promise than they did the promiser. And Moses spoke up. He said, Lord, if your presence isn't there, I don't want to go. We are seeing a display of the fear of the Lord here. 
a display because we think more about what God wants than what we want. And ladies and gentlemen, this is a key for salvation. This is a, a prerequisite of being saved. This is the very thing that must be present in a Christian's life. And we got too many people that are lacking this. And I want to continue on here. So, so, so as we spoke about back in Philippians chapter 2, Paul told the church of Philippi to work out their salvation by what? Fear and trembling. So he told them to work out a salvation through fear and trembling. So I, I wanted to take this story that we have here and I wanted to show you what fear and trembling is. I wanted to show you what it is to operate in the fear of the Lord. So trembling at God's word is the manifestation of the fear of the Lord. Next question. The very first thing. The very first thing at trembling at God's word is to obey him instantly. Did it not say in verse 7, I believe it is, that it says early the next morning, Abraham rose. He chopped the wood and he loaded up and they went forward for, three, for a three-day journey. Did we read anywhere in that passage for those three days that it say that Abraham questioned God? How many of us are guilty of that? We're guilty. We're all guilty. We can put both hands up because that's who we are. And you know, this shows, as we continue to read, this is going to show our lack of the fear of the Lord in our life. I'm just going to be real honest with you. I know that this is a hashtag tough truth, but this is a hashtag the reality of God's Word. This is the reality of where we sit and God's wanting so much more, but He can't do more if we're not giving Him more. Second thing, to obey Him even if it doesn't make sense. To obey Him even if it doesn't make sense. But God, He didn't say, but God, You promised me. You promised me that He was going to be the child that was the beginning of the many nations. He never questioned God. It didn't make sense to Him to do it. You know what made sense to Him to do? Was to obey God. That made more sense than it did to not do it. So oftentimes God has spoken to us and He's told us to do something, yet we don't understand what He's telling us to do. How many of you understand or heard the story about doing the handstand in front of the snack machine? I don't know if y'all remember that story, but I'm not going to spend the time to tell you that. But right now, uh, here's something that I do want to lay out to you that happened to me this week. I was at work and I was down in South Carolina and I was gone all week. And come Wednesday morning, the Lord spoke to me right before I pulled up on the job site. I mean, I just, I just heard Him so clear. Not an audible voice, but I heard Him speak to me in my spirit. And it was just as simple. He said, I'm going to send someone to you today to witness to. Okay, Lord. I'm going right on back about my business, but it stayed in my spirit. It stayed in my spirit. So what was I doing? I knew I was going to be all alone that day. And I didn't understand how God was going to open that door. But I wasn't at the job site not even an hour. Somebody comes rolling up. And I eventually get to, we get to speak for two minutes. And if anybody knows me, my conversation is going to go from one thing to, let's talk about God. Let's talk about God. And that opened the door right there. And I began to minister to this young man. 
And it wasn't that he was clinging on every word that I was saying, but he was clinging on every word that God was saying. And, 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 in a, at, and at a point and in a position in his life, this was what he needed. And then to turn around, I, I, I talked to him again on my day coming back home on Friday. And, and I don't like to work out of town, but I know that this was an appointed time for me. Because if I had not been there, then what? Who would be reaching out to him? Would he be hearing what the Lord wants to speak to his heart? So God places us in positions and he tells us to do things at times that we don't understand. It, does, it doesn't make no sense to us. But the reality is that it's beyond our picture. It's beyond what we want. And it's what he wants. Number three, to obey him even if it hurts. I mean, could we imagine could we even begin to imagine the feelings, the emotions that Abraham carried of knowing that he was going to have to sacrifice his only son, the very thing that I waited for for 25 years. It hurts, so I'm going to obey you even if it hurts me, Lord. Even if it means I've got to speak your word to my family. Even if I have to go against the grain of what they're doing. Even when it hurts, I'm going to obey you. Again, we're talking about the fear of God. Number four, to obey Him even if we don't see a benefit. Are we in this for ourselves? Are we in it for Him? The things that we do, the decisions that we make, we ask ourselves, these decisions, how much are they benefiting me? Is what we do through life, is what we do through the kingdom, is what I do right here, is it benefiting me? Or do I do it to benefit God? That's only a question that you can answer for yourself. This is the trembling at God's Word. This is the manifestation of the fear of the Lord. And number five, to obey Him to completion. Abraham had three days to think about this. Three days. How many of us has changed our mind within one day, within two days, within three days? But yet God spoke to him. So I, I, I'll refer back to me and, and starting this ministry and starting this church as in, Am I moved by who I see here? Am I moved by what's taking place? Or am I going to follow this commandment all the way through? Even if I don't see no benefit to myself. Even if it doesn't make sense, am I going to obey? Again, this is the manifestation of the fear of the Lord. The next thing that God has in His storehouse is wisdom. But for time's sake, I want to couple it with knowledge. Wisdom and knowledge is a reference to knowing and or understanding. Let's see what God's Word has to say in reference to this understanding and knowledge. Proverbs chapter 1 verse 7. Fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge. 
but fools despise wisdom and discipline. So if God is speaking about that this is the key to true knowledge, well then what kind of knowledge is, is He referring to? God's knowledge. Because God is all-knowing, right? So the knowledge that it makes us king to, the knowledge that it draws us to, is the knowledge and the wisdom of who He is. But you can only get into this door by what? Our reverential fear towards God. So we begin to think about how much of this is absent in our life. How much of this is absent in our walk with God. Proverbs chapter 9 verse 10 it says, The fear of the Lord is the foundation of wisdom. Knowledge, is the, knowledge of the Holy One results in good judgment. Again, we're seeing that, fa that the fear of the Lord is a foundation, correct? The foundation, it means it is the key to something. It is the key. It's the key to this storehouse that we've been talking about for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. And I want you to go back, find a way, somehow re-listen to the podcast, watch the videos, figure it out. If you can't find a way, we'll, we'll make a way for this to happen because this needs to be key to your life. Again, this isn't anything about me preaching. This isn't anything about me speaking. This is just simply the Word of God speaking to you right where you are. And so oftentimes, I put so much preaching back on replay in my life. You've heard me say it before, if we want to learn a song, what do we do? You listen to it over and over and over again. If we want to learn the Word of God, what do we do? We listen to it. We read it. We study it over and over and over again. We spend too much time taking a test with a closed book. Proverbs chapter 2, verses 4 through 5, and it says, Search for them. What is the them? Wisdom. The knowledge. So it's a them. It's a plural. It's the, the two of them together. As you would for silver. Seek them like hidden treasures. Then you will understand what it means to fear the Lord. And you will gain knowledge of God. So if somebody said right now, at your home somewhere, there's hidden $10 million. I bet you we'd be pulling drywalls off. Soon we would we'd stop what we're doing and we're making our way there. And why is that? Because it's like a treasure, it's a hidden treasure. But yet he told us to search for wisdom and knowledge like it's hidden treasure. Seek for it like it's gold. Seek for it like it's silver. And when you do that, you're gonna do what? You are gonna find out what it means to fear the Lord. Did we not see in the book of Exodus 2020? So if we want a 2020 vision, then here we go, right? 2020, 2020, probably shouldn't have said that. <laughs> I was thinking back to my older days when I used to watch Friday. Yeah, uh, anyways, we'll go here, Exodus 2020. So if we want a clear vision, and I'm reading this out of the ESV, which is the English Standard Version. And Moses said to the people, Do not fear, for God has come to test you that the fear of Him may be before you that you may not sin. So many, so many of us will look at this as a what? Do not fear, for God has come to test you that the fear of Him may be in you. That sounds like a contradiction, right? 
But when we begin to break the words down, because the, the Hebrew word or the Greek word, I can't remember what it is right off the top of my head, but the word for fear comes from the word tromos, which means to tremble. It comes from that. So when it says so, so when you look at some translate, some translations say, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid, for God has come to test you that his reverence, that the trembling of his word, the testing may be found in him that you may not sin. So what does that tell us? The fear of the Lord keeps us from sinning. It keeps us from practicing sin. It keeps us from falling into sin. But again, we go back to this isn't something that's being preached in the churches. We speak about repentance. We've spoken about baptism. We've spoken about good ground. And so much of this isn't being preached on because so many people want a feel-good message. Help me make it through my week. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm trying to help you make it through your life. Yes. Not this week. These are keys. These are keys. So now here's what I want to do. Now I want to give you a definition of what the fear of the Lord is. Now I want to give you a definition because we've spoken about the fear of the Lord. We've spoken about it. We, we've given scriptures in reference to it. But now I want to give you a definition. Pastor James loves definitions. Let's follow here with me. We'll have it on the screen. The fear of the Lord is a profound and abiding respect and reverence for God and all things that He declares holy. To give God the most high, the infinite and utmost honor in every area of our life. To deeply tremble in awe at the privilege of His presence and the wonder of His Word. To worship God along with passionate praise and continual thanksgiving. The fear of the Lord is to honor what He honors. To love what He loves. To hate what he hates to make his main thing our main thing the fear of the lord is an internal disposition that produces fear dread and terror at the very thought of offending god this temper makes it impossible for christians to sin casually wholeheartedly persistently or consistently the fear of the Lord is to depart from evil. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. The fear of the Lord is to submit our will to embrace His will fully. It is a cleansing and purifying agent that endures forever. Scripture says that the fear of the Lord is enduring. It endures forever. That means it lasts all the way through the end. It is the fear of the Lord that keeps us in a posture before God. He said those that endure to the end shall be saved. He didn't say those that make a decision now. He said all the way to the end. If you start a race and you don't ever finish it, well then guess what? You didn't finish nothing. You still trying to run a race. But if you drop out, you're done running. He said, endure to the end. So the fear of the Lord is a manifestation of the Holy Spirit. And it is Jesus' delight. The fear of the Lord is so obvious 
in a believer's life. Why? Because they breathe, sleep, eat the kingdom of God. It's the very essence of who they are. And all they want is everything that I have, I want for you too. Because I know how it radically changes me, I want it to radically change you. And it's not going to happen just as I've spoken at the very beginning that this has been the very thing that has transformed my walk with God. Because now I go back, I, I go back to this part of the definition for me. The tempering of this, it is an internal deposition that produces fear, dread, and terror at the very thought of offending God. Let me ask you a question. If I go out of town and work, or if my wife goes out of town and work, or we become not together for a couple of days, or even a day, if I go out of town and I begin to flirt with the waitress just because my wife can't see it, then what does that mean? I've never respected our marriage. But when I go out of town, if my thought process is not because my wife can't see me, but because I know that I'm married to my wife and I love her. So the very thought of dishonoring her, the very thought of offending her just because I think she can't see me means that I have a healthy fear of my marriage. So the fear is not to be afraid. It's to be in awe. It's to be in all respect, to be in all honor that I will never do anything to offend your feelings. And if I do, we're going to go back to the word repent. What am I going to do? Repent means to have a change of heart that's manifested by the way that I live. So I'm sorry if, if I cheat on my wife and I say, hey baby, I'm sorry. And then I do it again next week. And the week after, was I really sorry? I was just sorry I got caught, right? I never repented. I was, I was never what we would call remorseful. In closing today, I want to go back to some of the foundational scripture from the book of Hebrews and point out something very obvious out. Now we spoke about it and we heard it, that the writer of Hebrews, that we remember this, that by this time you should be teaching others but yet, we're having to go back through the foundational or the fundamentals of who Jesus Christ is again. But before the writer of Hebrews wrote that, he said this in Hebrews chapter 5, verses 7 through 8. While Christ was here on earth, He offered prayers and pleading with loud cry and tears to the one who could rescue Him from death. So again, we see the word rescue and what's that rescue refers back to salvation. Savior, salvation and Savior, to the one who could rescue him from death. And God heard his prayers because of his deep reverence for God. Even though Jesus was God's Son, he learned obedience through the things that he suffered. So it's one thing to pray, but it's another thing to be heard, right? It's one thing to say, hey, I'm praying, but it's another thing knowing that God hears our prayers. And he heard his prayers because of his what? So when we translate that word, you know what that means? The fear of the Lord. Because of his 
healthy fear for God. His prayers were heard. It's one thing to pray. It's another thing to be heard. The fear of the Lord changes our entire disposition with our relationship with God. And I invite and encourage you not to only seek this manifestation, but to operate in it. Give us our final slide, baby. That's the end of my message today. And I know it seemed to be a lot of information, but I just wanted to give you just a surface. Just a surface. Of what the fear of the Lord is. And how it must be in operation in our life. And if we would all, if every one of us would be honest with ourselves, And we would say, Lord, I like the fear of you. I like the fear of you. Because the fear of the Lord, the manifestation of the fear of the Lord is, is the, the, the manifestation of that is the trembling at His Word. We spoke about it. To obey Him to completion. To obey Him when it doesn't make sense. To obey Him even when it hurts. To obey, to obey Him when we don't even see a benefit to ourselves. There's too much of us that we've placed in our relationship with God. And it's got to be about Him. And it will never be that way. He said, search for it like it's silver. Then you will understand what it means to fear the Lord. Search for it like it's a hidden treasure. That means you got to look for it. you got to try. you got to, you got to, hey, I can't hang out with you right now. I'm sorry, my friends, but I'm searching for the fear of God. I'm searching for this hidden treasure that's hidden in my house somewhere. I don't have time to hang out with you right now. You're not helping me find what I need. Because if you try to help me find what I need, then you're going to want me to share it with you. But we go back to the book of Philippians. Paul said this. He said, you work out your own salvation. I can't do it for you. I can't do it for my kids. I can't do it for my son. I can't do it for my mother-in-law, my wife, my, our family. I can't do it for them. All I can do is tell them about it. That's all I can do is tell you about it and encourage you to seek for it like it's treasure. Let's just bow our heads for a moment. And nobody, nobody has to raise your hand. Nobody's got to do anything because I know we're all guilty of it. And we have lacked. We have lacked the very thing that will open this storehouse that God has for us. The salvation, the wisdom, the knowledge, the knowing and the understanding of and the fullness of who He is. We've all lacked that in our life. So at this time, I just want to lead you in a prayer. And if you're sincere about it, knowing that the very thing, the very obvious that's been pointed out here this morning, if we know that the Holy Spirit's convicting of us right now, then this prayer will be for you. Even those that may be listening or watching us online. But pray with me. Dear Lord, we thank you, Lord, for all that you've done. I'll pray. I'll pray for us. Just make this your prayer. Make this in your heart today. Lord, I have failed you. 
I have lacked the fear of you in my life because it's become very evident, Lord, that I think more of myself than I do you. That it's become more about me than it has become about you. And so, Lord, I just come, Lord, right now and I repent, Lord. I have a change of heart that it would be manifested by the way that I live, Lord, from, from right here on until... But Lord, I like the fear of who you are in my life. And Lord, I don't like what I'm seeing. Lord, and I know that you are calling me to more. And I know that you are calling me to deeper. Lord, I'm asking you, Lord, right now. Help me to find this fear of the Lord in my life. And let it become obvious, Lord, not just for myself. Lord, but that others would see it, Lord, and that you would see it, Lord, so that I know that my prayers will be heard. Forgive me, Lord. Lord, and I ask you to help me to do what I can't do within my own strength. But Lord, I ask you for your grace. I ask you for your empowerment. I ask you for your power to help me to do this, to walk this out as we know, as I know, that this is a foundational teaching, that this is a primary teaching, that this is a key that gives me power and that will give me authority to operate and to exercise, Lord, in everything that you have for me, in my life, in my wife, in my kids, in my home, in my job, in my work, in my walk with you. So, Lord, I thank you for it. I praise you and I give you glory and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, if you've said that today, those that may be viewing us on the YouTube or the, yeah, I said the YouTube or through the podcast, reach out to me. I'll leave my email in the link. Just reach out. Let me know that you've made this conscious decision today to follow God in the fear of the Lord. I love you and we look forward to seeing you again next Sunday. God bless y'all.